the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Woo! AJ, or Adge, as I like to call him. (laughs) How we doing, brother? Welcome back to the Working Fans Podcast, where we do the work. So next time, maybe we can afford shirts that actually look like they didn't come from Goodwill in our promo. love our promo man the promo itself is great i just realized (laughs) watching it i'm like wow we look homeless we didn't dress up for that occasion (laughs) i'm picturing the guys on like espn going hey i just got this at goodwill can i wear this for the promo today yeah chevy might have been the best looking one out of that i have to go back and see but i think yeah producer joe looks like he literally just got out of bed i look like a fat guy that was sitting on the treadmill Plus, and you were like, hey, you, you want to cut a promo? I caught you like looking down. At, I think whatever we had, right? And you had yeah. a little more to write it. So it almost looks like a hostage situation, too. You're like, uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Who is this? Who is this edge? They're keeping they're holding them hostage. <laughs> yes. As AJ noticed in the description, I didn't capitalize to Jay. So he is edge. Add strange brew we're talking AEW this week i thought it was a great episode i thought since we didn't have a lot planned for this week i thought this was a great way just to talk about some stuff because AEW was a good show this week before this whole thing started we were excited because brian kendrick was going to make his AEW debut against john moxley that didn't happen i'm sorry who <laughs> i mean we don't even want, yeah, right. Nobody we're, even we're, wants to talk about that guy you know what just to make it a little more politically correct Chris Benoit was going to make his debut this right, week. Right. So I don't blame AEW at all. Tony not a, no, not even remotely. You can't make comments like that, even in character. I mean, maybe if you're in like a horrible movie where you're playing like a neo-Nazi. Yeah, maybe <laughs> at that point you can make comments like that. 
But when you're cutting a shoot video or cutting a promo, maybe not such a good area to go in. I want to get back to a little bit because I haven't heard it. Me and you were talking a little bit off camera and we have this idea. We haven't heard anybody talk about what we think might would have been. But before we get to that, I just want to cap recap this match a little bit. And I want to talk about what happened afterwards and what we think might have was going to happen. First off, I will say I was not excited about real, real Yuta. No offense to him. I was like, I seen Mox drop this guy on his head. And I like Danhausen and I like Orange Cassidy enough, but they're comedy wrestlers. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not like, you're not, I, I don't want them in there with Mox. But okay, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here. Well, Normally, I do want to say I did like the story of Yuta getting some offense and coming back and they made him look strong in this yeah. than he did the last time. I do want to point that out, but go ahead. Yeah. I, so here's why I'm going to disagree with you. Brian Danielson comes out and when he makes his point, <laughs> if you don't have what was going on in that match ahead of time and you don't have that same, that comedy wrestling kind of there, that kind of proves Brian Danielson's point. That is a great point. So, so I think that's why that makes sense. But originally, that wasn't going to be the game plan. Right. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> and the producer, Joe, right? I agree. The match was better than expected. And so Danielson, after Mox wins, just cuts his promo. And what I thought was interesting, and the reason why I don't want to just skip over this, is Danielson got an interesting reaction, I thought. Some cheers, some boos. When he was attacking some people... They, they booed, but they seem to generally love the idea of, yes, I want to get Garcia. I want to get Lee Morati. I want to get Yuta away from these guys that are jokes. And I want to make them wrestlers. And he even brings up the point that, you know, they don't like me, but they like what I'm saying. And he was so good at it. At the end of this, I really don't know what Mox is going to do. So Brian Danielson, from the time that he was the American Dragon in Ring of Honor, what's always made him a great heel is the fact that he states the obvious and states truth to you. He tells you the truth. He says, you're a bunch of fat asses eating red meat. You're not following a diet. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. He says the truth, but he has an ability to say it condescendingly. Yeah. And to actually say it in a very heel way. He doesn't lie to you. He's not that heel that's coming out and lying to you and like he believes it. He's telling you the truth. Everything he said in that promo is accurate. One of the tag team champions should not be dressed as a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> I want to get to our theory on this too a little bit. And before we do that, I would like people to know and jog their memory. For anybody who watched the Cruiserweight Classic, Brian Danielson did the commentary for that with Mauro Morano. Mauro. Why am I breaking Mar up? Mauro Morano. <laughs> Mauro Inaro. Wow. <laughs> so... I was like, Mama Mar Leone? <laughs> Mama Mia. So Danielson and Morrow do the commentary. And one of the stories is Brian Kendrick in that tournament. And they play off the relationship he had with Danielson, how close they were. And they were. And then in real life, Danielson, they had stayed in each other's apartments and they helped each other out. Me and AJ wonder, obviously Kendrick's comments came back to bite him in the ass. But we wonder if he would have been a part of this. And he would have actually had an interesting storyline. And I wonder now, too, if Danielson maybe got even got on the spot. I think it was going to be Brian Kendrick. It was going to wrestle a hell of a match against Moxley. It was going to come down to Moxley, obviously, winning the match. But I think Brian Danielson was going to come down afterwards and literally say, this is what wrestling is supposed to be. What you guys just did is what wrestling is supposed to be. I was going to come down here to attack you. I thought about fighting you. Instead, you need to join me and Brian Kendrick. And then he would have gone off in the same speech. Of course, Yuta would not have been in that speech. Right. But I like Yuta. I, I mean, Yuta. I like Yuta too. 
I agree. But now I do want to say. I don't care now, what Trent says. I, I like you. <laughs> now let's talk about that. That promo was great, as producer Joe had said. But let's talk about a promo. And I know there was a line you like in it. But this did not make a lot of sense. <laughs> we'll get to that. No, the framing of the actual promo in the segment was atrocious. But please, I, don't, I know where you're going. Comes out and gets into a Dan Lambert. First off, Brandy. Lambert's supposed to be the heel. Brandy, well, no, Brandy, Brandy, Brandy heal immediately. <laughs> she, she literally came out, and the first thing she did was call Chicago Cleveland. And then it's not like she made a mistake. It was purpose because she said, same thing. Tell me her line was not fantastic when Ethan Page is smirking at her, and she just looks at him and goes, I don't know why you're smirking. Everybody knows the only reason we brought you in was to get Josh Alexander. Yeah, but I will tell you this, though. <laughs> I will tell you this, though. I heard a great one. I think it was on post-wrestling. John Anik made the comment, Ethan sort of just looked at him and like, joke's on you. You've been paying me for a year. He's got a phone. He should have just no, I, I, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> yes, Joe, that uh, producer Joe, that was a great line. American top tits. I did. I thought Dude. Lambert had a great line. I am a white, conservative, sexist <laughs> man who hates AEW. And these people would rather cheer me than you. So I was working out yesterday with Patrick Saint, the professional wrestler, independent wrestler out of East Hartford. And for those of you who don't know, Patrick is a giant black man. He's about my size. And we both were said the same thing. We we're like, when you are a conservative, white, middle-aged guy, and you can actually get, and the girl is such a good heel mm -hmm. that she can actually be the heel as a cute little black girl, you've done something incredible to get that heel heat. I will say this. <laughs> As much as the segment was a little jumbled and it didn't make sense at certain point, everybody was loud during it. Yeah, the crowd everybody, loved it. Right. Everybody was active. So both these characters have heat. I don't know who's going to get cheered. It's not um, very often you get heel versus heel promos. Cody would have got cheered here. Even though Cody's a heel, he would have got cheered, I think, over Lambert. You I can't even. Well, the problem is you can't even bring Cody out during this. Because he makes no sense in the storyline. No. And then later on, Dan Lambert's back out and still healing. Right. Let's, well, let's get to that. Yeah. We don't want to skip. But one thing that is interesting, though, this was the introduction of Paige Van Sant. So yeah. she comes out and, and gets she did get Brandy. cheers. Right. And that makes me think maybe that's why they're playing Brandy as a heel, because they know Paige is going to get cheered over her. You've got this badass who has whooped ass everywhere she's gone in real life. And I actually like her as a heel. We should clarify that right away. I do not like her as a wrestler. I think her skill set is abysmal. It's not the worst I've ever seen, but this is going to be one hell of a sloppy match. These two, they're going to have to just throw punches. Yeah. yeah, unless Paige is some kind of prodigy. I was thinking the same thing. This is not going to go well. Lord knows she's a prodigy when it comes to actual fighting. So She's going to need her. She's going to need some working boots on here. Yeah. <laughs> the next match I have listed here, the Kings of Black Throne, King and Malachi Black versus Death Triangle. I'm going to tell you, as much as I love all the guys in this match, little disappointed. I thought we should have gained more time. I thought it should have been built up a little more. I thought it was built up, but I thought the match itself just kind of ended where... I don't know why we would have another match after this. Now, you do have to give a little bit of credit in this because while you might not have liked how discombobulated it was towards the end in the time, the way they set it up in the beginning with him being led to yes. the ring with a blindfold. I did love that. And the setup to the match was fantastic. Yeah, the problem, I love all the people in this match. Absolutely. It just because of how short of a time they gave the match mm -hmm. is why it became discombobulated. If they had given this match 15 minutes, I think that it would have been absolutely incredible. And producer Joe, 100%, I agree with you. They're a bruising tag team. 
I love them as a team. Brody King is absolutely amazing in there. He actually reminds me with his build and the way he works of Terry Gordy. I don't know if anybody else gets that, but he reminds me a lot of Terry Gordy. So yeah, he should be a he should be a super heavyweight. Yeah, actually, you could almost say these guys are reminiscent of like a Bruiser Brody and maybe a Stan Hansen or a Gordy and a Williams. I know Black's not quite that build, but this definitely seems like a team that will like run right through you. You talk about people that can actually just, you believe that their kicks are punishing. To have those two guys kicking each other, having Black and then obviously having Penta and you're talking about Pac. Pac. Sorry, I, I keep wanting to call him by his WWE name. I know he's Bach most of the time, yeah. but it, it's one of those things he, it just gets jumbled up. But those kicks he throws are legitimately stiff-looking kicks also and amazing oh, yeah. kicks. So between the two of them, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, Pac's phenomenal. I think he's underrated. I mean, he's really good, but I think like his in-ring work, it never looks like his shit is soft. His stuff no. looks like he kills, and you never really hear about him hurting anybody either. Pac is what, to me, when we talk about best workers in the world, I think Pac gets lost in the shuffle. I agree. And it's because of the booking, I think. It's not that, like, he's just never booked as that main event guy. And I feel and like he. I think we good. also forget how big, when you see Malachi in there with these other guys, he is bigger than him. He's obviously not Brody King size, but he is a big dude. And when you see the athleticism that he shows, is absolutely incredible. The moonsaults that he does, being able to freaking, it's just absolutely awesome. The next match I had written now is Nyla Rose and Ruby Soho. Now, I only, this match was kind of a throwaway match for me, but I want to bring up something. Nyla Rose hits the powerbomb off the ropes. Crowd goes nuts. <laughs> I mean, like, is Ruby Soho losing some of her momentum? I'm going to be honest with you. I heard rumors this week from multiple sources that Ruby Soho actually was a little upset watching the Royal Rumble, seeing mm -hmm. the other two together and not being able to be there. And one of the reasons why is she doesn't feel like she's being used correctly in AEW. She oh. feels like she's been kind of a throwaway where they haven't really used the momentum and given her the platform that she should be getting. I felt like, though, I'll be honest with you, too, as much as I do like Ruby, she, in this match, for whatever reason, she missed, and I know she was probably supposed to miss it, but it looked like she missed her kick by a mile. It didn't even look yeah. really gross. Most people, when they wrestle Nyla, they have a tendency of laying it in more. Right. And, and it seemed like that didn't happen in soft. this match, like Ruby was holding back. All right, a couple other quick notes. Gun Club laid out Jungle Boy in the snow. We're setting up Gun Club versus the Tag Champs. I'm not I actually like the Gun this. Club. I think they're uh, good heels. They are. They're good heels. I mean, they're they're not a great working tag team yet. Billy's still the best worker in the team yeah. at a, at 106. I want Black and King to actually be challenging for the tag Oh, absolutely. Team. Or FDR. I don't think. I think FDR is still the best team in the world. So I, I do too, but I think they're actually good enough, beyond, to be honest with you. They don't need it. I don't think they need it. Whereas I think that Malachi and freaking um, having Brody King having the belts on them, that that's that monster team that can go up against anybody. They actually One remind time. me, once again, talk about great teams. They remind me a little bit of, that's who I was trying to think of before, Dick Slater and, yeah. The Hardliners. Yeah, like uh, I, they remind me reminiscent of the style of the Hardliners or even like uh, Gordy and Williams. All right, one more thing before we get to the excellent main event here. Archer and Hangman Page. Lambert comes back out. Lambert's still good. Jake the Snake tries to talk. It comes <laughs> off awkward. I like Jake. He's very hit or miss these days. Yeah, he's very missed these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, maybe I'm when, too when, tired. when was it, when was his last hit? I definitely like thought his first promo in AEW was fine, but I that's pretty much his last hit. Uh, the one with Iron. <laughs> I was thinking actually the one with Cody, like right in the very first time he came in. I was just thinking I really miss Randy Osgo. Where's our friend Randy Osgo? <laughs> Randy Osgo, baby, I miss him too. Nothing but love. Can't be out working the farm in this rain. His parents, they got to give him a break, right? It's gonna be ice at some point, Randy. Oh, but I thought Archer, again, for what it was, they made him look like a big monster. He beat up Paige. Yeah. I'm excited for this match, but at the end Are of the day, I'm excited in the sense, like, I think it'll be a fun match. But really? I, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, yeah. Well, no good. Point. You're the one person. Congratulations. You've won <laughs> excitement in this match. I don't I think. Lo- what, like, I, love both these wrestlers. I love both these wrestlers. I want to be excited about this match. I'm not even sure with the push that they've given this match that it's even going to be the main event on the card. That's a, it's probably going to be the opener, to be honest with you. Hangman Page is going over. <laughs> he's going to win. Yeah, he's going over. There's no... I would be absolutely shocked. I will literally fall out of my seat, maybe die of a heart attack if Archer wins this match. Breaking news. Heart attack. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm leaving something out here, and I'm going to do it on purpose. I want to talk about the end. MJF, <laughs> Sam Punk, love this match. MJF doing the Harley Race teeter-tottering spots. Getting crotched outside. That's great. Uh, everything was great. I personally, I don't know. Um, maybe it was way from post two. Said I love the original ending. Like when he choked him out. Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, the uh, they should they should have stopped it with that. I'd be too. I thought that was excellent. The first of all, the crowd was absolutely shocked. The crowd oh. didn't know how to respond. Producer <laughs> Joe's watching this match right now. You might not want to <laughs> keep listening to that because we're going to talk Spoil- about it. Spoiler alert. That's on you. You're going to see a sleeper hold choke out. It's not <laughs> the end. <laughs> but I will tell you, I-, I love this match for a lot of reasons. One, I like actually the uh, outs after this. I saw people on social media. I can't believe they beat him twice. And they were so pissed off. And I was just thinking, oh, no. that's not what happened, asshole. <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's a TV show. Get over it. <laughs> but I thought for that reason, you pissed off those people. Good job. I thought good. it was awesome. I thought it was great. Once he came back, once Punk, they restarted they the match. battled for another 20 minutes. They battled for another 20 minutes. There was not a person in that audience who thought Punk was going to lose again. It's fantastic. It that is fantastic. how you tell a story. That is how you get this done. The point of wrestling is to surprise you people. If Punk went over, it was not going to be a surprise. If Matter of fact, we like surprises so much, I'm still pissed off about the Royal Rumble, and I believe Shane should have been fired. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about that. And not only like we talk about surprises, how well it was done in the story. MJF cheats, gets caught, they restart the match, then Wardlow comes out. They play off the fit the friction. <laughs> JR great in this. He's like, well, yeah, we don't know, you know? And Warlord great. He just, Warlord just kind of backs off. All right, you know, leaving you got But then comes back. Leave you, and the camera were great because you never saw originally where he actually slipped, you know, the ring, where you always see that in wrestling. They actually went out of their way not to show you this time. One of the best no-look passes I've ever seen. I did not see the throw the first time. I had to actually look back and actually see the throw to actually see him throw the ring into him. I was like, where the hell did he get the ring from? Did he pull it out of his tights? Right. And also, one other thing, this was probably not meant to be, and they did try to not show this, but you caught it at the end. MJF, you could tell, he's got his head buried with Punk. He was legitimately, I think, overwhelmed. Oh, he was taking the shit out of Punk. 
Yeah. 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 He was, that's, he was emotional. Weird. He was thanking the shit. Even when he came up, you could see how emotional he was in his eyes. He was. He, MJF he was, plays an asshole. And I know he plays the asshole everywhere he goes. He does a great job with it. This is a kid who loves wrestling. You could dislike him. You're supposed to dislike him. He's a real heel. You're supposed to dislike him. But if you're going to dislike him and say he does, he's not a wrestling fan, you're out of your fucking mind. This kid loves wrestling. Student of the game. He would curse us out, too. That's how good he is. Uh, he would. He'd be pissed off that we're actually singing his praises. He'd yeah. be like, I don't need you two schmucks. Go buy some real shirts and do a real promo in the intro. <laughs> so awesome as this is, in my mind, we've built up MJF versus Hangman Page. Great. I love me some Adam Cole. But I heard some speculation that Adam Cole is playing off the fact that he technically has an undefeated record still. Yeah, I've never seen that before. No, no, I, that's fine. I get that. I actually think it's Rip great. Rip Baker heel. literally did that last time yeah. with her lights out. Yeah. It's great heel heat. I yeah. love it. And it's even great that he's ripping off his girlfriend. Even better. Absolutely. Heat. I love all that. But when I think it was Observer, somebody made this point to and I, I disagree with it too. Isn't more the momentum now built with Hangman and MJF? And I love me some Cole, but isn't this the way to really go MJF and Hangman? Where would you go? In this situation, would you go? No, I think, well, it depends. I mean, are you talking about working to the pay per view? The pay per view. The actual if you're working to the pay per view, I think to me it's MJF. Right. Now, that being said, because he got cheated twice in the match, they might still be working MJF to punk to the pay per view. Oh, actually, would you think if Cole had won, and I know it's not, would you be just as excited about Cole versus Hangman Page? Did it take uh, some of the steam? I have no problem with Cole versus Hangman Page. Okay. Cole versus Heyman Page can be a great match. You just you just have to build it right. It can be it can be an absolutely great match. I honestly believe that that's what you're going to see at the pay per view. I don't think you're going to see MJF versus Hangman at the pay per view. I think it's going to be MJF versus CM Punk again, playing mm-hmm. off of what just happened and okay. working to the pay per view and continuing to build that. And then I think Punk's going to get the win at the pay-per-view. And then, believe it or not, I think MJF's going to go after. Now, it could be Punk building if Cole wins. It could be Punk building towards if he wins that match towards Cole or MJF building towards the Cowboy at that point. But I don't think you're going to see MJF versus Cowboy at the pay-per-view. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I got no problem with that. I think that that would be, I, I think Cole's so good. And you're probably going to have a lot of other big things on this show that I got no problem with that. I am curious when do we finally get Hangman and MJF, though. And I think that's what we want. Oh, absolutely. But I think the longer you can hold that off, the more money you can make with it. Are you excited for Rampage? Rampage looked at, was built up very well this week. It, lo- it looks like it's going to be a good show. You got Starks versus Lethal. I'm actually looking up the card now. Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, tell, they've been building that one up. I got to believe Rosa goes over, and we yeah. got Rosa and Britt Baker finally at the pay-per-view. I expect Adam Cole to beat Eva Uno, and I expect yeah. Sammy Guevara, despite the problems at the Hardy office. Isaiah Cassidy's not going to come through. No. When you look at everybody pretty much going to WWE from AEW, I think everybody for the most part has been has done better in AEW. I'm going to throw one out to you right now, and I'm going to ask because I'm a little unsure. Ruby Riot? No. No, not her. I'm kidding. Andrade. What are they doing with him? I don't know. <laughs> what what are, uh, the the storyline is? Freaking, he's uh, what trying to get talk to Sting through Darby? Yeah, and yeah he's, try, he's trying to recruit people for Matt Hardy. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it all. This no, they're doing horrible with Andrade. Yeah. But in fairness, the WWE was doing horrible with him too. So, yeah, really, it was this Triple H when he put him with Vega where that yeah. thing finally clicked. And it, yeah, I would. I and then it. when it started to actually click, they got I rid of him. him up. <laughs> they sent him up to the main roster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Great show by AW Rampage tonight. Looking forward to it. I, I think I'm looking forward most to Lethal and Starks. Although Rose and Mar- Thunder Rose and Martinez might tear it up. One last thing, we'll talk a little bit about Elimination Chamber coming up in Saudi Arabia. By the way, this match in Germany is known as No Escape. So I get a kick out of that. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory versus Riddle versus AJ Styles. I think this will be a good chamber match. My question to you is, do we get a title change? No. And if we I think Bobby Lashley is going to keep the belt, and I'm going to go against what people think. I believe Randy Orton is going to somehow get the match versus Bobby Lashley, not on a TV show. I think it's going to be Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. I could see that. I will say, though, looking at this, it is in doubt. I don't think it's like a lock that Bobby's going to win this. There is some doubt. You got freaking Lesnar. You've got Riddle in there. You got all kinds of people that could. I think. I think Lesnar and Riddle are the two best possibilities. Riddle just because of the storyline potential where with Orton. Lesnar because they could do him in a unification match. It wouldn't be and obviously Rollins is in the match also. Rollins is another one, right? Yeah. I love the interactions between Rollins and KO. Yeah. As much as AJ Styles is probably the most talented man possibly in this match and maybe even in the world, I don't think he's been portrayed as the guy that's going to win that belt right now. I love which, by w- which, in fairness, by WWE logic, could actually get him the belt. He could. <laughs> yeah, which watch, I, watch out for Austin Theory. That's the least likely candidate. <laughs> I, I think they're good. I think they like him, but he's not winning the title here. <laughs> there was rumors that he might take on Shane McMahon this year. That's probably not happening. That's probably not happening right now. I he, like Theory. Theory is a former Evolve champion. He has wrestled all around the world. He's an awesome athlete. They portray him as this young kid, but he's actually been working for a long time, and he's a hell of an athlete. Final question. Do you think we see Shane McMahon again at some point? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Unless Vince sells it. And by the way, Vince isn't going to sell a company that they announced the earnings yesterday. They earned a billion dollars the last year. He might sell it though. Yeah, they earned a billion dollars. Remember when he was excited because he became a billionaire? He earned a billion dollars last year (laughs) the kid did all right (laughs) yeah we keep knocking the product and that's fair because the product has been horrible right but for whatever reason this horrible product that we knock is making more money than it ever has so maybe we're the ones that are wrong (laughs) i'm hoping that he's just building it up so he does sell it i actually want him to sell at this point i just matter someone else take it over i i just don't see vince letting it go remember his vince's mom just passed away oh did she I yeah, thought she was still alive. No, no. She literally just passed away. There was an announcement this week that, what, 106 or whatever the hell she is, she just passed away. So how long has Vince, who's been worried about his physical health and his conditioning for his whole life, how long is he going to last? Are we going to have 101-year-old Vince coming out? You're the future, Triple H's kids. They had referenced her this week. Oh, died January 20th. 22nd so it wasn't this week but she did die wow my goodness how old was she she was born in 1920 so she was 102 or 101 (laughs) going on 102 well guys if that's the case we better hope vince sells (laughs) yeah vince might still have another 20 years to go all right on that note i'm depressed (laughs) We, we might die before vince mcmahon sells the wwe this is the working fans podcast we talk some wrestling 
Have a great night, guys. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 